Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Fellow Falcoholics, what is up? Welcome to another episode of the Dirty Birds and Brews podcast. I'm your host, Kevin Knight at Falcoholic Kevin, joined by a very special guest. He is Mike Payton at A to Z underscore Payton on the Twitters. He is the Lions beat writer for A to Z Sports and the co-host of the Bad Boys and Beyond podcast. Mike, it has been a while since we've played the Lions. It's been a while since we've had you on. How are you doing, my friend? I'm good. I'm good. I'd be better if there wasn't an overtime loss to the Seahawks last week. But uh, yeah, uh, I'm good. I, you guys are probably better with your two and zero start. <laughs> well, we're we're feeling yeah. Falcons fans are, are feeling themselves because it's been. I mean, much like the Lions, it it it's been a, a long time coming to sort of relevance uh, to to winning football. Uh, and you know, the Falcons going into Week One had not won a season opener since 2017 and hadn't even had a winning record at any point. Uh, since 2017 so yeah the Falcons fans are feeling themselves a little bit because we don't know how much longer this is going to last so uh, really have to to ride the train of positivity as long as we can Uh, but hey you know these two teams are are looking uh, for the first time in a few years as if they're real contenders for the division titles playoffs Uh, we're definitely very excited Uh, and Falcons and Lions fans I think there's a kinship there as really tortured fan bases Uh, I, I honestly the Lions probably ahead of the Falcons. I think we did pain rankings this off season and I did put the lines ahead of Atlanta or of, uh, so, you know, I, I understand your struggle. Uh, the Falcons fans also have struggled, but you know, Lions fans, you guys, you guys put up with a lot and fiercely loyal fan base. So props to you guys. Yeah. It's, it's, it's really interesting when the Falcons and the Lions get together because I, I think the last two meetings, something weird has happened. Like, Todd Gurley scored that accidental touchdown, which led to the Lions winning. And then before that, it was a Golden Tate with the uh, phantom touchdown. I don't know what you would want to call it, which led to the 10-second runoff and the Falcons winning. It's like, hopefully not, Hopefully, it's just a straight-up game with no craziness, but who, who knows? <laughs> well, you just, we're just sitting there yelling, why can't you be normal you know, at these two teams? <laughs> right. But, yeah, it's it's one of those things. There's always some chaos that happens when these two – it's like when, when you get two, you know, outliers, you know, coming together. You just never know what can happen. It's very dangerous. But uh, we're going to talk about what might happen, folks. Uh, we're going to get into that. We're going to get Mike's take on the line start here on the, unfortunately, massive injury report this week. And – also, how the Lions match up uh, with the Falcons on offense and defense. We'll get to that in just a second. Before we do, want to bring you a quick word from our sponsor, BetOnline.ag. Guys, football is back, and BetOnline is your number one information source for all your sports wagering info with up-to-the-minute stats, news, scores, and matchup breakdowns. You can get the latest game odds and spreads and totals from the NFL and college football at your fingertips with BetOnline's real-time updates on statistics, news, and odds from Week 1 all the way to the college football playoff and Super Bowl. BetOnline gives you access to the best football promotions and contests available anywhere online. So make sure to head to the website today, betonline.ag, or you could use your mobile device to get in on the action. Just remember to use our promo code BELIEVE. That's B L E A V to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online where the game starts. And if I had to make a guess on this one, I would say probably bet the overs because. 
<laughs> the Lions are a team that likes to score points, and when we get to this injury report, we'll talk about it, but this could be a game where the Falcons actually might score a few points too. Uh, and I, I think uh, I think this could be a little bit of a barn burner. Hey, folks, here to bring you a message from today's sponsor, Prize Picks. We are back with another week of picks here on the Dirty Birds and Brews podcast. Before we do, I want to remind you guys, uh, today's show is brought to you by Prize Picks. And Prize Picks, of course, is a skill-based daily fantasy game where you pick between two and six players and decide if they will go more or less than their Prize Picks projection. The more players you pick, the more you can win, all the way up to 25 times your money on any entry. And at Prize Picks, you aren't competing against other people. It's just you versus the projections. Prize Picks also has a general promotion schedule, so make sure to check them out throughout the week. Includes weekly promotions like Taco Tuesday and Flex Friday, so keep those eyes open. It's not just NFL. Prize Picks offers projection on any sport that you watch: NFL, NBA, MLB, NHL, PGA, college football, whatever you can think of. Many more as well. And the best part: Prize Picks entries can be made in as little as sixty seconds, and they offer fast withdrawals. It is that easy. And guys, remember, all first-time users that deposit and use our promo code DBB will receive a 100% deposit match up to $100. That means if you put in 100, Prize Picks will give you 100. If you deposit 50, Prize Picks will give you 50. Just remember to use that promo code DBB because that helps us out too. And guys, since this is, in fact, Daily Fantasy, it is available in 31 states, Washington, D.C., and most of Canada, it's the best way to have action on the game in states like California, Florida, Texas, Georgia, notably, and over 70% of the United States. So if your state's in purple on this map, you are good to go. So guys, our picks this week, we're going to be going with the old, old reliable, right? Youngway Koo, more than six and a half kicking points. Uh, Koo has nailed this both weeks already, and we know that the Falcons are going to lean on Koo. Uh, so what in the, the best part, if you do the kicking points, as opposed to field goals made is that you can get over, uh, you could get like more than your projection with extra points as well, because this is basically a fantasy points here. So if young way has a 40 yard field goal and three extra points instead of like two field goals or three field goals, then you still could get more than the six and a half kicking points. And young way is just rock solid. He, I believe he averaged like eight fantasy points last year. So this is going to be one of the ones I, I lean on most weeks. Obviously not going to work every time, but I'm pretty confident in this one uh, and Youngway Koo bringing, bringing us home with that one. Um, next up, this is, I think, one we're going to be doing a lot too. Bijan Robinson's receiving number. It, it's it been increased from last week, as you might expect. Last week it was 17 and a half, which was kind of insultingly low, honestly. It's only gone up uh, about eight yards to 24 and a half receiving yards. Some of that has to do with Coral Patterson probably coming back this week, but I still think Bijan Robinson's going to get four to five targets, at least in the passing game. And as you know, he can get that 25 and a half receiving yards on a single target. So uh, pretty confident in that one. And then we're going to stick with this game for the third pick. We're going to go with Detroit wide receiver Josh Reynolds, who's sort of been having a renaissance, a breakout season here for Detroit as the number two with Jamison Williams suspended. Um, his number is 41 and a half and we're going to go more than his 41 and a half because Amon Ross St. Brown although he did return to practice on Thursday at least in a limited capacity he is dealing with a significant toe injury it's not really known how effective he's going to be um, and with Jamison Williams out and Marvin Jones Jr. pretty much ineffective I think Josh Reynolds could could be getting the majority of targets for Detroit and he's easily beaten this number in both the first and second weeks so Pretty confident in Josh Reynolds continuing 
uh, his stretch here. Uh, against the Falcons, and again, it's only 41 and a half, so it's not a, it doesn't even require that much for him, but I think he could easily be the most targeted player here. So guys, check it out, and if you're interested, feel free to copy my picks or make your own, and just make sure when you sign up to use that promo code DBB. Thanks, guys, and thanks to Prize Picks for sponsoring the show. Mike, uh, as I know the Lions are fired up, I mean, I... I'm certainly not expecting them to roll over uh, in any way, given expectations and that they're coming off a tough overtime loss. But how how do you feel about the Lions through two weeks? I mean, obviously, that huge emotional high beating the Chiefs. And I don't care what people say, like, oh, this is an asterisk game. No, you guys shut up. It, it's a, it's so hard to beat the Chiefs in Arrowhead ever. I don't care what the situation is. Going in there and, and beating the reigning Super Bowl champions in their stadium, one of the most difficult stadiums in the NFL to play in, and getting that dub. Week one, uh, very impressive. So congrats there. But yeah, two weeks, one and one, not the worst case scenario, obviously. But how are you feeling going into week three about the Lions? Well, you know, it's kind of when the schedule initially came out, I think everybody kind of pegged a one and one start. But I think everybody had it the other way. I think I think most assumed that the Lions would lose to the Chiefs and then they'd beat the Seahawks. But it somehow went the other way. Uh, but no, I mean, I, I think this is right in line as as I had mentioned, where where everyone had the Lions pegged, I don't think that this changes anything. I don't think that they suddenly become a, a team that's uh, you know on the losing end and doesn't make the playoffs or or doesn't win the division. I think they're still very much uh, on point, and uh, it's going to happen. Uh, at least that's that's my prediction. I think there's I I pegged them as a twelve and five team. I, I still stick to that. So, um, you know, obviously you you don't want to see them go out and lose in overtime the way that they did and two two offensive turnovers were absolute killers for them the pick six which was jared goss first interception and 383 passes i mean he yeah. almost got it he almost he almost beat that aaron Rodgers record so so dang close yeah um but and then that fumble by david montgomery which is just a lapse in blocking you know just little things that'll kill you and I think you don't you you take those away, and obviously you have a different, much different game and a two and zero start. But so we'll see if they're able to correct those mistakes going forward. Yeah, yeah, you get to go back home this week uh, to Detroit, and you know those fans are going to be rocking. I know because uh, there's a lot of excitement around this team. I mean, I think it's it's probably weird for you guys to sort of all of a sudden have what seems like the national media like behind the Lions, which is <laughs> it doesn't it doesn't happen very often. Uh, so how has that been actually seeming like you guys have the support of the national media for the first time in who knows how long? I think, I mean, it's on one hand, it's, uh, you kind of want everyone to just ignore you you (laughs) so that you could sneak up on, on teams and stuff. And there isn't that hype. And then you don't get the blowback every time the Lions lose, like, so many, you know, they lose to Seattle on Sunday, which it's, Seattle's not a bad team. It's no. not like they're, I mean, this is a playoff team. They're going to make the playoffs again this year. I would be shocked if they yeah. didn't. But but that immediately turns into, you know, all the the hype was, you know, not real. And you've got people putting, I, I don't know who did it, but somebody wrote in their, their, in their headline, like, Seahawks puncture hype balloon and like little <laughs> stuff like, it's like, come on, guys, it's week oh, two. Yep. Like, you know... <laughs> Lose losses happen. The best teams yeah. in the league are going to lose games. Kansas City Chiefs, they lost to the Lions. It's not like they're going to not have a chance to win the Super Bowl this year. It just it it happens. But and then on the other hand, it's like, yeah, you know, it is nice to finally to finally get some respect and finally, you know, get some some notoriety. And it's all for the right reasons. And it's it's a team that is actually building the correct way as opposed to 
you know, just a, a couple of national guys, you know, just kind of liking the Lions. Like that happened with Matt Patricia every now and again. Like <laughs> people are like, oh, this this Lions team maybe, but now it's you know everybody really believes with Dan Campbell, so it's yeah. it's definitely different. Well, it helps that Dan Campbell's so likable, you know, like yeah. I think everybody was like, okay, like that opening press conference, you know, the whole bite and kneecaps thing. Everyone's like, okay, is, is this guy a little bit crazy? And yes, he is a little bit crazy, but it's it's just the right amount of crazy, I think, yeah. um, to make him kind of endearing. Uh, and I, I appreciate that from him. And uh, they're just a fun team. And I mean, every, look, everybody, you look at like the Falcons Super Bowl 2016, like the 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 country embraced Atlanta because nobody wanted to see the Patriots win another Super Bowl, you know? So I feel like the Lions are kind of that team where it's like, we're ready to see some new blood. We're ready to see one of these sort of plucky underdog teams finally get a shot. And I think, I think this is definitely the Lions year where they could, they could run away with this NFC North that looks very winnable all of a sudden. I hate to bring up that, that Super Bowl, you know, but <laughs> I like, brought it up. So you're, you're free now. Yeah. Okay. Well, I just remember watching that game and, and I was tweeting like after the first half, I was dunking all over the Patriots. I, yeah. I was a Falcons fan that night. I was like, mm. you know, I was so happy for you guys. And I was so happy that the Patriots were losing. And then I remember being, obviously I wasn't nowhere near as distraught as you may have been, but I was distraught at the end of yeah. that game thinking like, man, that sucks that, that, it was like, it was just like watching the villain win all over again. It was like Darth yeah. Vader and, you know, and, and the Empire Strikes Back. It was like watching, you know, that just that happen over and over again. Yeah, yeah. It's, you know, I, I can only explain it through dark magics. Uh, you know, whatever whatever Tom Brady's got cooked up, uh, we'll probably not know for, for a few more years yet. But uh, that his magics do seem to be waning, at least. So the rest of the NFL finally is, is free of that, I believe. But uh, we, we will see. We'll see going forward how, how, you know, things fare there. But yeah, I mean, unfortunately, we got to get to this injury report. We, we're yep. recording this on Thursday morning, so we haven't gotten Thursday's uh, stuff yet. But it just seems like all of a sudden, uh, just this this tidal wave of injuries have, have hit the Lions. Um, so we do have a couple of guys go on IR. I believe Josh Pascal went on IR. Um, CJ Gardner-Johnson goes on IR. And then James Houston as well goes on IR. So those three guys yep. obviously aren't going to be playing. And all big losses. I mean, CJ Gardner-Johnson, let's talk about him first because... I, I mean, I thought he was the most fun defensive player in the NFL through two weeks. And, you know, Falcons have Jesse Bates the third, who maybe was like the best safety in the NFL in week one. But still, like, CJGJ is just this fun player. I mean, he's you you always know where he is on the field. So, I mean, how how is he looking for you guys through the first two weeks and how big of a loss is that? I think it's a huge loss. And I think when you go back to the start of camp, like he came in and immediately was a leader. And, and it is a leader in a different sense. You know, you... You know, you're, you you think of a leader and you think of a guy who's like keeping everybody accountable and all this and is the first guy on the field and all that. And, and CJ has that has that part of him. But for really, it was more his smack talk and his just his way of just being so uh, swaggy and just confident. And like and it really rubbed off on everybody in that secondary and he really rubbed off on the defense. So he he, you know, naturally just became like this huge leader. So it, you're you're losing a very a very tough, tough guy. And, and he's a great player. And that's the other part, uh, part of it that sucks is that, yeah. you know, he, you're losing a great player. Now, obviously there is some, some positivity that came from yesterday's press conference with Dan Campbell that he may be able to come back by the end of the year. It just depends on how, how the surgery goes, but it's a, I guess it's a lesser uh, pectoral tear than, than you're normal used to something mm -hmm. that like JJ Watt had in 2019 when he was able to come back. 
in December. But I mean, obviously that doesn't do anything for for Sunday. But but yeah, it is it is some optimistic uh, and, and James Houston as well. There is some optimism that both of them could be back by the end of the year. Yeah, and when you're when you're a team that's expected to be competing for the playoffs, that December timetable is not as dire as some might think because it's like okay, well, as long as we can keep the ship afloat, we can get some of our best guys back for the playoffs, which is when you're going to need them the most. So, um, and like this team has built up, I think, good depth elsewhere. Um, but it's it's always tough to lose those type of guys. And I, was James Houston more or less your second edge rusher at this stage? Well, he was he was working like as a Sam linebacker, and mm. he was, I mean, he he succeeded a lot in in pass rush like NASCAR packages and stuff like that last year. They were trying to kind of broaden his horizons this year, and and it was going well. Um, you know, they had they've had a lot of trouble with pass rush this year, so nobody mm. I can't really other than Aiden Hutchinson, other than Aiden, nobody's yeah. really <laughs> yeah. nobody's really been successful there. But yeah, he was he was thought to be you know one of one of like a carousel of pass rushers on the, on the opposite side of Aiden. So yeah, it's, it's tough to lose him as well. Yeah. Especially when jo- he was growing as a player. Right. And Josh Pascal guy that I was a big fan of coming out, he's on IR as well. So that's three uh, or two, you know, of your top defensive line sort of guys there. Um, let's, let's talk about the Wednesday DNPs. Obviously it's just the first day, so we don't really know for sure how this is going to turn out, but I'm just kind of curious what you think about the the chances of these guys playing. We got Taylor Decker, huge, obviously, uh, Halapulavati Vaitai uh, on offense, and then um, David Montgomery and wide receiver Amon Ra St. Brown. I mean, it's just like starters all up and down. Um, you know, most of these guys are, are new injuries this week, except for, for Decker. Uh, what's your level of concern for, for those guys and whether they might miss Sunday's game? Um, I think that uh, you could probably count out Montgomery and Vitae, uh right now. Um, I know Montgomery Montgomery is day-to-day. It's a thigh bruise. You know, it doesn't seem like that's a crazy injury, but, like, it is. You know, you use your legs, uh, especially your thigh area, those thigh muscles for, for pushing forward and, and trying to gain speed. So it may not seem like it's a huge uh, issue, but – but it is. So I, I, I don't think he'll play this week. But then again, you know, D, DNPs haven't come out yet, so we could all be surprised. I think Amon Ra's a go. Um, there's a toe issue. It might be turf toe. Uh, he was able to finish Sunday's game. I, I think he'll wind up practicing either Thursday or Friday and, and will probably be, you know, uh, questionable designation. Yeah. But I, I think he'll wind up playing. Decker? You know, Decker, I don't know. It's an interesting thing. He didn't practice at all last week. You would think that that would be, you know, he'd be out. But he wound up getting a a doubtful designation, and they tried to get him to go on Saturday. So it's possible that he plays on Sunday, although, you know, uh, Dan Campbell had mentioned something about the short week coming up because the Lions will play the Packers on Thursday night Mm, uh, next week. Division game, yeah. Yeah, so so there's this this struggle of whether or not you – rest Decker for this game so he can be ready for Thursday or you take the chance of putting him in Sunday and then, you know, he's not ready for Thursday. So it right now, I I, I don't know. I, I guess my guess would be that t- Taylor Decker does not play and Panay Sewell plays left tackle again. Uh, okay. Against the gotcha. And then on defense, we got Kirby Joseph, the safety who I was a big fan of coming out this year. And then uh, mm-hmm. Emmanuel Mosley, who's still been out, um, I think Joseph was a new one this week. Mosley has missed, I think, the first couple of games. What's what's sort of their status going into Sunday? 
Um, I, I think Kirby Joseph will definitely play Emmanuel Mosley. Uh, so, you know, he tore his ACL last year with the 49ers. He was finally able to come to camp. Like he missed the entire training camp and he was finally able to be cleared and everything uh, right when cutdowns were happening. So he made the initial roster as obviously he would. Uh, and then he was able to practice limited his first week uh before they played the chiefs. And then all of a sudden he has a hamstring issue mm. last week. So, um, you know, I, I don't, I don't know, you know, I'm not a doctor. Yeah. Famous, famously not a doctor, <laughs> yeah. uh, but I, I do know that there is some, you know, there is some issue. Like if you're coming back from a torn ACL, there's a chance that you could injure something else just trying yeah. to overcompensate. Mm. So it could be something like that. I don't think he plays this week. Honestly, I don't know when he plays. Yeah. Um, hopefully, Hopefully it's soon because he was one of their bigger free agent yeah. signings. So I mean, part of this like secondary makeover uh, that the Lions were doing, and it was I think it was showing pretty good returns in Week One. Obviously, holding the Chiefs to just twenty, um, it seemed like there were some struggles against the Seahawks last week. But it, you know, hopefully they'll be able to get back soon. Um, yeah. So so going into just this matchup, I mean, you mentioned that there is a Thursday game coming after this with the Packers, and obviously that's a critical game because. Based on what we've seen from the NFC North thus far, it, it seems like it's probably going to be the Lions and Packers. I mean, the, I guess the Vikings could always get spicy, um, but we all know that that defense is going to lose them a lot of games. <laughs> like, I mean, yeah. that Vikings defense is going to lose them a lot of games. It's, so, yeah, it's really um, bad. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, and then the Packers just seem like a competent team. I don't know what their ceiling is, but they'll they'll be, I think, sort of a thorn in the side of of the rest of the division. So obviously a critical game against who might be the number two team. Um, but the Falcons are another team that may be one that's important because it is an NFC game. So it has a little bit more importance than the out of conference, but also in terms of seeding, eventually, if, if we get that far, um, this, this game could be crucial for determining who's the three seed and who's the two seed or the four seed or whatever, or, you know, God forbid wild card stuff that we'll hope that these teams avoid. But um, let's start with the, Falcons offense matching up with Detroit's defense. Um, and we've seen two very different games from this Falcons offense in week one, sort of a low volume, low output game, but they end up not really needing very much because it's the Panthers and they just pull away in the fourth quarter um, and go up 24 to 10 and just sort of coast the second, basically the whole second half. And then against the Packers, it's kind of the opposite where Atlanta is actually going up and down the field, um, but because of turnover and some red zone struggles, which was the complete opposite of week one. They can't punch in touchdowns and end up winning just by one against the Packers. Um, even though they put up almost 500 yards uh, on that Packers defense. Um, Elena is obviously going to want to run the football. So how has the lions run defense been through two games? And how do you feel about their ability to sort of match up with this very, very dangerous running back group in Atlanta uh, headlined by the rookie Bijan Robinson? Well, I think that's going to be their best spot because, uh, you know, last week they get Kenneth Walker, uh, the third, who is, you know, a pretty good NFL running back. They were able to hold the Seattle Seahawks to 82 rushing yards the year. The, uh, the week before they were able to hold Isaiah Pacheco and the chiefs to, to just 90. So I think this is an area where the lions have definitely improved their defense, especially, I mean, last year they were third yeah. in, in the league and allowing rushing yards. So this is a, a, a big a big uh, <clears throat> big move for them. So I think this will be B. John Robinson's f 
first big test, I think. Um, and, and I mean, I don't, I think that guy is incredible. So I think he's going to be just fine on Sunday, but, but I, uh, I think that this will be an area where the Lions are going to be able to stop the Falcons. Yeah, that that's going to be the one to watch because I know some people are looking at the historical stats and it's like, oh, the Lions are one of the worst run defenses, but they managed, they kept the Chiefs run game down. We know that the Chiefs run game is just kind of average, but the Seahawks have been kind of known for their run game and they didn't really get a ton going other than they did get a, a rushing touchdown. But other than that, not much there. Um, where the Lions have seemed to struggle more this year has been against the pass, um, getting just, you know, into that shootout with the Seahawks. Uh, and I believe the Lions are, uh, let's see, 26th in, in passing yardage allowed. And what's the net yards per attempt here? As we know, that's much, much more telling than just raw passing yards. Yeah. Lions are tied for 25th at 6.6 net yards per attempt. So, Definitely towards the bottom of the NFL, but we only have two games so that, you know, these samples are not exactly super telling at this point because, I mean, the Falcons are the third ranked passing defense. I don't think anyone in Atlanta thinks that they're actually a top five passing defense, but um, the Falcons passing game inconsistent so far came to life against the Packers, which was a shock because the Packers have a pretty good pass defense. How concerned are you about Atlanta's, you know, weaponry? They do have a lot of guys out there, but they are starting, you know, what's essentially a rookie quarterback in Desmond Ritter, who has been kind of up and down yeah. through his first two games. Um, I, I think there's reason to be concerned, especially with guys like Kyle Pitts, uh, you know, last, last week, the Seahawks and Geno Smith were able to work the linebackers over like crazy. If you look at the uh, next gen uh, chart on, on Geno Smith, you'll see that, I mean, it was all intermediate over the middle stuff. Like it was, it was, it was like watching. I mean, it looked like the, the, the chart had, you know, zits or something it was it was crazy there were green dots everywhere and they were mostly on the left side and on the on the right side and just like right at the linebackers and they were able to get all those guys open so yeah i've got some concerns in that area and obviously you know when you got drake london and and uh you know who's your other receiver mac collins yeah Yeah, mac collins had a had a pretty good camp um he he really worked over Okuda in in, in, uh, <laughs> in the highlight that you put up. Detroit was really interested in that one, uh, but yeah, no, I think you know Drake London, Kyle Pitts could, are, are two guys who could definitely do some some damage. I don't know too much on Matt Collins yet, but we'll we'll see. But yeah, I, I think there's reason to be concerned for sure. Yeah, Matt Collins has has been very encouraging through two weeks. You know, it was a guy sort of a late bloomer, more of a special teams guy early in his career. Um, but this, yeah, he uh, he had a touchdown taken off the board last week. Uh, because of the way he was facing when he scored. Uh, he came down in the back of the end zone with his toes and then sort of stepped out. But because he was facing towards the quarterback, they ruled it not a touchdown, whereas if he had been turned the other way, it would have been a touchdown. So, uh, but, the heels. You know, they got him on the heels. Yep, the heels. Yep, <laughs> yep. So, um, you know, that was that was an interesting one. But I think Matt Collins, funny enough, actually leads the Falcons in like overall receiving because uh, he had a, a big play uh, last week. So that was, that's always funny for the fantasy heads. Like, Oh, this team doesn't know what they're doing. But uh, yeah, so it's, it's, they do have guys. Um, and they have John Smith as the other tight end, who was definitely a key player last week against the, uh, the Packers. So we'll definitely see how that goes. That's definitely one to watch. And can Desmond Ritter keep from making mistakes? Because Ritter should have thrown three picks against the Packers. Packers dropped two of them. Um, ends up only throwing one. So this is, this has been his biggest weakness so far is, the decision-making and reading the field. He's, he's for the most part, I think been fairly accurate and he's gotten a lot better at knowing when to take off and run because he is a fast quarterback. I mean, he ran, ran a four or five flat. Um, 
but he's always been sort of uncomfortable running. This is a guy who like wants to be a pocket passer, but has a dual threat sort of body. Um, so he was really, really effective as a runner last week. So we'll see if they incorporate that a little bit more going forward. Um, but yeah, I, um, you know, I'm, I'm interested in seeing how the Lions sort of adjust now with no CJ Gardner Johnson, because again, such a major part of the secondary. So we'll see how things get shuffled around there. Is there any sort of, was he playing more safety or corner for you guys? Well, he was, he was playing safety. They moved uh, Brian Branch over to that nickel spot. The the good thing though, is that the Lions have Tracy Walker, who was their starter before CJ Gardner Johnson came in and was actually pretty decent at it. So, so that's, I mean, if there were one area for you, for you to lose a guy that, I mean, that would be the best area to do it because you're going to bring in a guy who's already a starter and is a captain uh, yeah. of this team. So um, I, I, I'm not too worried about that from the defensive side of things. It was really that leadership role in yeah. that, yeah. you know, that just confidence that he brought that I think, you know, it's, it sucks to lose that, but. Yeah, yeah. It's sort of like going from an elite player to a good player. Like you're not going to fall off a cliff, but you might lose those high end plays right. that they were going to make right. and it's hard to quantify that but yeah it's nice to have that depth with tracy walker i remember him playing quite well last year so uh we'll have to see how that goes switching over to the falcons defense versus the lions offense the lions offense once again a strength and um jared goff sort of defying all the haters myself included uh that was very skeptical that he could keep this going but through two games looks like it is going uh unfortunately the the interception snap uh, streak gets snapped there so close um but again like not even talking about the matchup, like I, I am curious, like how confident are Lions fans that Goff can keep this going? Like, are you confident enough that you guys are going to be considering extending him? Or, I mean, particularly because Ben Johnson, like I know he's he's said like he's interested potentially in sticking around, but there's going to be teams hungry for Ben Johnson. I mean, I think we all know, like he is yeah. he looks yeah. like the real deal. Um, so what is your level of confidence in Jared Goff in terms of like long term? Oh, he's not going anywhere. Yeah, they're going to lock him down. I I would I would almost guarantee it. They're going to lock him down. He's been just unbelievable in the last and it's not I mean the last two games have been really good. Yeah. You know, he he had 80% completion percentage on uh on Sunday against the Seahawks despite that interception like but it's it goes back farther than that in the last 23 games since really I think when everything started changing for him, he has been one of the best quarterbacks in the league in terms of keeping the, the ball secure. Actually, he's turned the ball over less than any quarterback in the league. Yeah. That includes Mahomes and Allen and all those guys. And yeah. Uh, so yeah, as I was, as I was mentioning over the last 23 games, I, I would charted all the stats between him and some of the top tier quarterbacks like Josh Allen, Patrick Mahomes, uh, you name him, Matthew Stafford, Trevor Lawrence. He's been right there with him. He's been a top tier quarterback for the last 23 games has turned the ball over less than any quarterback in the NFL has just been, it's been amazing to watch because this is a guy that was supposed to just be a bridge player. When that trade went down, it was like, okay, well, who's going to be the replacement? Are they going to draft Justin Fields? And right. I'm glad they didn't do that. <laughs> are they going to draft, uh, you know, somebody else? And, and he's just, he's defied, he's defied everything. And he's turned into, he looks like the first overall pick that he was, you know, supposed to be it. Like it's, it's been remarkable. Yeah. It's quite a transformation for him. And I think he's in a, a he's in a, a system that I think just really is perfect for him. Like the quick throws, the, the working the middle of the field, like that sort of stuff. Like that's just where he thrives. And I think this is really a great system for him. And Ben Johnson, honestly, like one of the up and comers, like the, the true next generation of, of play callers in the NFL. And, that's the only thing that worries me is 
someone's coming for him. Like, uh, you know, yeah. I, it's exactly what happened with the Falcons and Shanahan. It was like, oh, Shanahan's like, oh, I have unfinished business and all this. And we were like, yeah, there's no way he's not taking like another job. <laughs> like, like, I hope he stays, you know, please do. But no. So, but, you know, I know he, he does want to help Detroit and I, I, you know, we'll see if it's another year he stays or if he does exit this year. Um, but, you know, I'm sure he's got understudies. So I hope hope you guys actually hire his understudies instead of the Falcons, where they let Mike McDaniel and Matt LaFleur just walk out the door uh, and not hire them. And, you know, then <laughs> and again, we talk about, <laughs> you know, five years of no winning football after that. So, yeah. Uh, <laughs> so, you know, don't don't make that mistake. But I, I have faith in you yeah. guys. Uh, and, and shout out to Brad Holmes, too. Brad Holmes was a guy that the Falcons were interested in as well. So I think you look at how Terry Fontenot and Brad Holmes have built these teams. And it's very similar. You could tell why the Falcons were interested in Holmes, because I think they have very similar philosophies about how they wanted to build out sort of methodically and slowly, as opposed to the Saints approach uh, of go all in every year and just keep doubling down until your team is bad, which, you know, we're waiting to see when that's going to happen this year. But uh, that team is paper thin now. Uh, so we'll, we'll right. see uh what's going on there in, in new orleans uh gotta get my new orleans hate in every episode but yeah, do it, um, do it. <laughs> but um one guy i do want to talk about too uh sam laporta big fan of sam laporta i thought the falcons would just find a way to draft him just because like arthur smith collects tight ends like infinity stones so he just yeah. needs all of them but again like really good blocker and way underrated receiver because iowa just i mean just they didn't throw the ball a lot, you know, <laughs> it didn't really do much on offense a lot, uh, the last couple of years, but, um, yeah, what is it, what has he done for you guys so far? Uh, and I think, cause he might be crucial in this matchup where, where the Falcons have been the weakest thus far has been against tight ends. They had Hayden Hurst had a big game against him in week one. Oh man. He feels like a, I mean, I, I, I hate to just like throw all this positivity and it makes it seem like I'm just <laughs> saying it because, you know, Hey, it's lions are my team, but like he has been a, he's a steal. Like he's, yeah. he's an absolute steal. I think he, he should have been the first tight end off the board. Like I, I feel that good about it. And it's, it's because of his yards after catch ability. Like last, last Sunday, he, he made two huge plays late in the game and was able to help the lions tie the game because of him. And, and that's, he's so clutch, you know, and, and we're just so used to TJ Hawkinson. And I know he's, he's been better in Minnesota, but like TJ, the big knock on TJ was when he would catch the ball, he would always fall down. Like, and and it was just, and I think he still obviously does that a little bit, but with Laporta, his first move is to like, how can I get out of this? How can I keep moving? And, and I think he's, he's like, he's like the golden Tate of tight ends. Yeah, <laughs> he just, yeah. he just finds a way to, to get the yards after the catch. So he's been, he's been really good for, for the Lions so far. We're still waiting to see, you know, that first career touchdown and all that, but he's been pretty good. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. And like Josh Reynolds really stepped up, I think uh, this year. For, for you guys and Amon Ross St. Brown, obviously still awesome. Um, it seems like the, the questions maybe start if Amon Ra were to have to miss the game, who's the next man up in the slot? And like, it doesn't seem like you're getting much out of Marvin Jones Jr. Obviously, Jameson Williams waiting in the wings after the suspension. So, you know, you're not, you didn't go into the season with Marvin Jones as like your number two option, but the, the depth is getting tested a little bit early, particularly if St. Brown has to miss this game, which... At this point, I, I agree. We're still pretty far away from that being like a certainty. But who would yeah. be the next man up in the slot? And what's your level of concern for the passing game if he were to have to miss this one? Uh, well, you know, I guess it's really going to depend on who they 
who they I mean they probably would wind up elevating someone from the practice squad and and then I would say Khalif Raymond is going to be your next guy up in the slot for sure um and I I think Josh Reynolds is is definitely going to be a bigger part of the offense than anybody thought he was going to be this year so if if St. Brown can't go I would look for them to work Reynolds as much as they can and you know Raymond has some ability he was yeah. he was second in receiving yards for the Lions last year and the year before that so I think he's a guy that you, you you never know. He's a speedy guy. Mm-hmm. He doesn't he doesn't have the same hands as St. Brown does, but there's certainly things that you could do with him. Uh, I, but yeah, Marvin Jones has been, and it sucks because I love yeah. Marvin Jones. Yeah. It's just not been working out. And I think last week he, you barely even knew he was on the field. And and you know Thursday against the Chiefs, he was he had that fumble and and he was uh, he was targeted six times and only caught two catches for 18 yards. And it's just it's it's not what anybody hoped his return would be like but who knows you know maybe he'll have a better day against atlanta if he gets a whole lot of targets yeah yeah that's that reminds me of, of roddy white's final season in atlanta where it was just like you could tell that this was the end and it was just kind of sad um so you know hey at least he gets to come back with you guys for one more year that he gets to, to finish things out here in detroit that's always a nice thing but um right one of the things that atlanta, the biggest <laughs> surprise for atlanta so far has been that the defense has been good (laughs) it's been a long time since we've really gotten to see that and a lot of that has to do with two things they've sort of remade the the secondary um they have the the cfl star uh d alford has taken over the slot uh they got jesse bates the third to be their key safety uh who's been arguably the best safety in the nfl uh through the first two weeks um they have gotten a second a new outside corner to play alongside AJ Terrell, who will be making his debut in a potential revenge game. You know, no, uh, Jeff Akuda uh, is probably yeah. going to make his debut here against the lions. Um, had a good camp, had a very, again, similar to CJ Gardner Johnson, very scary injury ended up not being as uh, damaging. And so he, you know, Akuda is expected to, to make his return this week, but um so that's something to watch is like, can, is this Falcons passing defense a mirage or have they just played the Panthers and the Packers without Christian Watson? And has that been what's going on here? But, um, you know, obviously if the Lions receivers are healthy, like on Ross St. Brown, this is by far the toughest test for Atlanta in the secondary. Um, I think the bigger questions come in the run game because David Montgomery, I think to the, to the sh- chagrin of, <laughs> fantasy owners was basically the engine of the Detroit running game where Jameer Gibbs was more of a pass catcher. Um, and uh, that's frustrated a lot of people. Um, so I'm curious yeah. what your take on, on that situation. Obviously Montgomery very unlikely to play this week. So is, is it Jameer Gibbs time? I know they elevated uh, Bam Knight off the, off the practice squad. Um, and you know, they've got Craig Reynolds, former Falcon, Craig Reynolds from that's a deep cut. Uh, but <laughs> um, so what do you, what do you think this run game looks like? Is it Jameer Gibbs time or is, is he still going to be sort of worked in more slowly? Well, you know, it's been really interesting with Gibbs. I mean, I, I guess when you compare him to, to Bijan, who's got like 91 <laughs> snaps, it's like, look, you're wondering what the heck's going on. Cause uh, Jameer's only got about 53 or 54 at this point. So I, they're kind of taking him along slowly. They're still trying to, I guess, figure out what they want to do with him it doesn't seem that hard to me the guy is (laughs) i mean he's a home run hitter like let him let him swing um so yeah campbell has said uh on on monday that gibbs is going to get more opportunities but they still want to kind of do a committee approach so um 
I would I would definitely look for him to get a lot of passes. Last week he got targeted nine times. I would yeah. I would definitely think that's going to happen again. Uh, he runs that little you know that corner route uh, right into the center of the field. I can't remember what it's called off the top of my head, but um, he he did that a lot last week and to to a lot of success. And I think you know he needs to show that he can run between the tackles a little bit more in the NFL because we just really haven't seen it from them that much. But in terms of the other two guys, I think. I, and maybe I maybe I'm wrong, but I think I think Zonovan Knight, Bam Knight, is going to get a ton of carries in this game. I think he's I I don't think he ever goes back to the practice squad after this. I think, I I mean this kid I like he he's, he's good from week, yeah. He, yeah he's great. He played from week 12 to week 18 for the Jets last year. He was second in missed tackles during that time. Only Josh Jacobs was in front of him. Like it's it's weird to me when you see a guy like this. Who who every team wasn't like I need to go get him so yeah um, yeah so it, I'm I'm interested to see how that goes Craig Reynolds is a good special teams guy but I just haven't seen it from him in in terms of the run game since his first year in Detroit and I yeah. I, I I wonder about him so yeah no I I can't figure out what's going on with Zonovan Knight uh, he definitely to me seemed like a guy that people would be wanting as their third running back, you know, at least. Yeah. Um, so I don't, I don't know what's going on there. I mean, I think he's not very active in the passing game, not really known for his pass blocking either. So those are things that I think coaches like sort of ding guys for. Um, so that's the only thing I can think of, but it's, it's weird. That's a weird one to me. Um, and it'll be a test because the Falcons again have remade their defensive front entirely three new starters this year. Uh, obviously Grady Jarrett's the standby. He's still playing really well. Uh, but David Onyemata comes over from New Orleans. He's currently like the number two ranked interior uh, player, according to PFF. Um, they got Calais Campbell out at one of the edge spots who's really been bolstering their run defense. Um, and then they got Bud Dupree, who has not been what they hoped so far, but has been at least a solid sort of pickup there. Um, and then they brought in Caden Ellis, that linebacker, also from the Saints, who's been uh, a good player for them so far. So we'll see how that goes. But that... You know, the Lions, more of a high-flying passing offense with, with David Montgomery. I think the run game was, was sort of humming. But well, I guess we'll see. that. To me, that's probably the bigger concern point for Detroit is how this running game is going to be able to function without Montgomery. Yeah, it's going to be really interesting. And I, I think, you know, if, if, if Gibbs can find a way to kind of just – if he can run between the tackles, I mean, I, I, I think that's really the big secret for him. You know, I know he works amazing in space, but, like, in this game, they're going to have to trust him to do other things, and, and we'll see how that goes. And hopefully, they kind of take the training wheels off and 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 really just let him fly in this game. But we'll we'll, uh, we'll see. Yeah, yeah, my fantasy team would like that, but um, yeah, know, hey, mine too. <laughs> we all would, yeah, sure, we all would. But um, yeah, well, we'll see. But I think I think this is going into the season. I predicted this as a loss for Atlanta, um, but with all these injuries, I think it, it's tightened it a little bit. As We've seen the spread tighten as well by about a point. So now it's, I think it's like a three-point spread between these two teams, which I think is pretty fair because I, I think the line should be favored. But, um, yeah, I'm curious sort of how you feel about this game. Lions are back at home. Desmond Ritter, elite home quarterback. He's uh, yeah. he's 4-0 in the NFL and I think 26-0 in college. Uh, but 0-2 on the road. So this would be a, a potential opportunity for Ritter to get his first road win but I know the Lions have played pretty well at home too. So how do you feel about this one? What's your prediction for this game? Um, You know, it's, it might sound cliche, but I think, you know, the Lions absolutely needed that loss on Sunday to Seattle to get that chip back on their shoulder. And I think they, 
they bring that chip into Ford Field on Sunday, and and I I I think they walk out with a win. Um, Atlanta is a tough team. Like I think you guys have a shot at winning your division and and maybe even making the playoffs if that if that doesn't happen. Um, I, I I think that you guys are trending up for sure. Um, but I just think at this time the Lions that offense is just so dangerous, especially if they can get St. Brown healthy and he's in the game. And I know that the run game you know, will be different with, with Gibbs, but I, I, after seeing him in camp and seeing what he's able to do and what the lions are able to scheme him into, uh, he's just, he's dangerous. So, you know, I, I just think that at the end of the day, despite some of these injuries, I think the lions will be able to, uh, to pull off a win, but I think it'll be close. Yeah, it's definitely tightened. Um, but yeah, I, I think if you'd asked me a week ago, I would have said I would have picked the lions. I think with, with the injuries, the Falcons, <laughs> They're, they're going to be a tough out for everyone that what really concerns me is the Lions passing offense, because if this turn if this passing defense turns out to be a mirage and the Lions start scoring 30 plus, you know, I, I haven't seen this offense consistently be able to hit 30 points. I, I think they're good at winning games in the twenties. Like if they can keep teams in the twenties, they can generally just grind it out over the course of the game. Um, but they'll be tested by this Lions uh, front on both sides of the ball. Um, obviously we'll see you know, the status of, of Taylor Decker and Vitae. Cause I think if, if both those guys miss, then you're taking what was maybe the best offensive line in the NFL and turning it into maybe like the 10th best offensive line in the NFL. Yes. Still good. But, um, yeah. so we'll see. Um, but I, I, I do think the Falcons squeak out, uh, an upset here, but only because of the injuries, because I, and, and if, if St. Brown plays too, that, that might push this to like a true push for me. But I, I do think, um, this is going to be a, a sweaty one, unfortunately, for everyone involved. Uh, oh, so, boy. <laughs> yeah. Um, this, this seems to be the only game that the Falcons can play uh, is a sweaty one, unfortunately. Um, they did get that that 24-10 to 10 win over the Panthers, but that that opened up in the fourth quarter. The rest of the game was uh, quite a bit more sweaty. So we'll see. Um, I think this is, this is a great test for both these teams because I think this will be the most physical team the Lions have played on the offensive side of the ball. And this will be by far the best offense Atlanta's defense has faced. So we're going to get to see sort of how these defenses actually look against these sort of opponents that they haven't been tested by. And I think at the end of this game, we'll know a lot more about each of these teams. Yeah, I think it's going to be a really fun game. You know, you hope for a blowout win every week and they never, ever (laughs) happen. They never happen. It's very rare. Or it's just completely (laughs) random and it's like, oh, yeah, yeah, we're going to lose this game. And then they blow them out. It's like, oh, okay, sure, whatever. Yeah, (laughs) like the Lions blew out the Jags last year and everybody's like, where did that even come from? Yeah, I mean, they were, it seemed like the Jaguars were like trending up. Obviously, they made the playoffs after that Mm -hmm. game, but like just 40 to 14 blowout win out of nowhere is yeah. Let's have it's another one of those on Sunday, please. <laughs> <laughs> it's the NFL, man. It just happens. But guys, he is Mike Payton at A to Z underscore Payton beat writer over at A to Z sports and the co-host of the tell him, tell him what your podcast is about, Mike. I, I, I co-host the uh, bad boys and beyond uh, podcast. It is a historical NBA podcast. We, we sort of specialize in the Pistons, but we also talk about, we talk about the Hawks. So it's, it's, into nerdy historical stuff we don't really do a whole lot of current basketball talk uh this is for you so yeah uh i i absolutely love it we've we've had isaiah thomas on the show we've had grant hill on the show um we're working to get some more guests now and uh yeah we absolutely enjoy it just history yeah (laughs) cool yeah it's it's a a unique angle i like it um not someone who follows the nba a lot myself but we do have a lot of hawks fans obviously that tune into this program 
Uh, so I, I'll have to let uh, Odd Dot, my, my co-host for the Wednesday show, know because he's a big basketball guy too. Uh, but that's yeah. cool. I like that. I like that angle. Um, yeah, guys, I'm Kevin Knight at Falcoholic. Kevin, uh, once again, thank you for tuning in to Dirty Birds and Brews. Uh, thanks again to Mike Payton for coming on and giving us his take. Please like and subscribe if you are enjoying the episode on YouTube. If you're watching on podcast platforms, leave us that five-star review. Uh, please do check out the community Discord server. The link to that is in the show description. And if you're interested in getting involved with prize picks, uh, you can check out the link to that and make sure to, of course, use our co- promo code DBB. And, you know, one one final plug for our sponsor, uh, betonline.ag. And today's show was brought to you, of course, by BetOnline. All right, guys. Thanks again. Looking forward to this game. Mike, uh, exciting one. And we will see everyone once again on Sunday for the, the conclusion <laughs> uh, of all the hype going into this one. So thanks, guys, for watching. We'll see you next time on Dirty Birds and Bruce. Have a great day.